This is the Patriots Drive Podcast. We are all Patriots. Where we discuss, analyze, and answer questions to all things happening in the NFL and with our New England Patriots. Now, here's your host, Cole Kelly. Let's go! Welcome in to the sixth episode of the Patriots Drive podcast. Today we got a special guest joining us, Gillette Nation on Instagram, also known as Ethan. How's it going? Yep. Going well. Uh, training camp today, training camp for the last like week and a half. So that's basically been how I've been spending my last 10 days. Uh, my sleep schedule has been pretty screwed up because of it. But, you know, we're managing. It's the summer, so living life. Seems seems like it doesn't get much better than that. Pat's Pat's football every morning, you know. Exactly. It's 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 football for the first time that I've been able to watch since uh in person since January twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. The twenty nineteen season. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's exciting to go. So we got a uh few different questions, obviously, finally getting yep. to talk about football a little bit. So I guess yep. the main thing everybody wants to know about is is how's the quarterback competition going? I've I've seen some reports yep. obviously that that Cam's been doing well. I, Mac had a tough day today, but kind of what have you seen from that, and, and which guy do you think has the best chance of starting the most amount of games this, this year? Yeah, so I'm one of those guys that's after drafting Mac, I just wanted to roll with Cam the entire year. I didn't really, unless it things went completely down south, um, but I was under the impression that there's no need to rush Mac into any starting role um, just because you, you feel like Cam had a bad last season. Um, Cam has more weapons around him, so I was just, just to preface this, that I, I was under the impression, at least from my opinion, that I want Cam to start the entire season. With that being said, Cam has exceeded expectations, at least my expectations, um, for this. Mac has looked, like, fairly decent for a rookie. I mean, there's still a learning curve. I, he went 8 for 8 in 77s today. I know that. But when it came to the full-speed 11v11s, first day in pads, he went one for six with an interception uh, that was terribly thrown, like right at Jawan Bentley, straight in the middle of the field. Just There was there was no need for it. Um, so there's still some, some rookie learning curves. Um, I'd say right now Cam is the upper edge. Um, I think it's ultimately going to come down to the preseason games if Jared Siddham gets healthy, which I don't think – he will be anytime soon, but right now I'd say Cam is winning. Um, I think he's going to need to string together a lot more consistent practices to, to officially get that starting role, but I, as of right now, I'd say Cam Newton's the, the starting quarterback for the team. Which I, I, I think comes as no surprise to people. I don't think people realistically thought Bill Belichick was going to come in this season starting a rookie quarterback. Um, I know people had hope after last year that how bad Cam Newton played that maybe we would be able to start a rookie quarterback and it would be a better situation. And I, I just, I don't see how it happens. I, I was listening to a podcast today on part of my take. Peyton Manning was talking about it and they were talking about how he had his uh, record in his rookie season of most interceptions thrown. I think it was like 28. Exactly, and he said, yeah. he said, nowadays you just don't see quarterbacks play a full or rookie quarterbacks play a full 16 game season to get 28 interceptions. And I agree with yeah. that. I, I don't – I mean, maybe Trevor Lawrence does this year. Maybe Zach Wilson does. But who do they have? I think that a lot of Patriots Nation expected Cam to come in and at least start the first three to four games unless, like you mentioned, it's a total crapshoot. Three picks the first game, 
you know, no control yeah. of the huddle. And I just don't see that with uh, Cam. He He's a great locker room guy. Everyone loves him. Great energy on the field. You know, seeing videos on Twitter of him jumping around just, like, makes me smile, too, even though I was a little down on him last year from his performance. But his personality-wise, he, yeah. he has this team on lock, in my opinion. Exactly. He's one of, like, I, Tom was, like, a fantastic locker room guy, right? Perfect leader for the young guys. But at take off the field stuff or on the field stuff out of the picture. I think Cam Newton is the best quarterback for this team just because you got a bunch of guys who have experienced winning Dev McCourty, Dante Hightower, Lawrence guy. Um, you know, the other ones that I can't come to mind right now, but um, like they've all experienced leadership. And I think having someone else's perspective on leadership and Cam is an energetic guy. He interacts with fans. He's, He's dancing with everyone with Kendrick Bourne. It's it's like a fresh new offense, sort of. And whether he performs well or not, I think he's not going to lose the guy's support in the locker room. And I think at this point in the stages of most Patriots careers, Matthew Slater, Devin McCourty, Dante Hightower, I think that's that's what you need to go is you can't lose that support from the locker room. And I think his how different of a leader he is isn't necessarily a bad thing for this locker room it, it, after yep. losing a guy who was such a great leader in Tom. I mean, Cam leads in such a different way. Like you've said, he's energetic. Mm -hmm. He's, he's always dancing, always having fun at practice. Um, and I think that kind of re might make some of the older guys, some of the older veterans. I mean, that's something they, they haven't experienced necessarily because it's always been Tom. It's always been one way of leadership. So kind of switching yep. things up. The offense is different. The team's different. It's a new era. And, Patriots football, I mean, we're going to have a young guy, Matt, coming in as well. But, I mean, Cam off the field and in the locker room as a leader, he's been phenomenal. I wish his yeah. on-field performance was the same as his off-field. But, I mean, he said all the right things in interviews. He's been a great guy in the locker room. Even with Mac, just what we've seen so far in training camp and, and when Mac makes mistakes or he's visibly frustrated with himself, you see Cam go over there and, and talk to him and try to settle him down, calm him down, and just always bouncing ideas off each other and – just helping each other out, but kind of getting back to Cam, how much true improvement do you think you've seen, if any, from him last season to this year in training camp, or do you think it's more of just added weapons around him with Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Johnny? I think you guys have to take my opinion with a grain of salt because it's different watching him up close, um, whereas like at a, at a lower speed competition – based off of watching him from afar on TV where he's going against full NFL speed. Um, he certainly has looked good. He, his arm looks a lot stronger. Um, he says he's fully healthy for the first time in, in quite some time. I'm not sure how much truth there is to that. Um, but his arm definitely looks stronger. Um, he, he looks better, but then again, he looks better in, in practice. So can he translate that onto the game field? I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll find out in the preseason. But he certainly looks like an improved quarterback, and I, I'm sure the weapons are helping that. Especially that, so that, early, I'm sure it's, it's hard to tell. That's my question is, you know, so, a, lot, a lot of guys, a lot of quarterbacks can p throw the ball in seven-on-seven seven with no pads on. And I know today was one of the first days yeah. with full pads, so it could be totally different. But a lot, a lot of quarterbacks can step in there and throw the ball. I mean, they've been doing it pretty much their whole life, and they should be able to do it with no pressure in their face. How does Cam react when he has full guys coming at him that can tackle him, that can take him down, 
you know, coming full speed and stuff. So that that's my concern is how does this practice translate to the game field? Uh, we'll see in preseason when, you know, it's full go and hopefully week one when he's ready. I just I want to see how it, you know, goes from practice field to the game field because last year we didn't really see the true Cam Newton, in my opinion. I think he was battling injuries, battling COVID, battling other things. So I want to see, you yeah. know, if he really has had these improvements in game time situations. Exactly. Like you can dot up Michael Michael Jackson and D Virgin and practice all you want, but if that doesn't translate to you dotting up Marshawn Lattimore and Xavier Howard come one week weeks one and three, it's not gonna really matter. You can you can burn your teammates all, all you want, but at the end of the day wins and win wins are wins and losses are losses and that's the only thing that the fan base is gonna care about. And that was something he struggled with last year as well, was like his consistency. Like he would he would be up one yep. week down the next, so it, it it was hard to tell, like it was it was so frustrating because we would struggle against the Broncos. I mean, he had, he had a horrible game, yeah. and then he played pretty solid in terrible weather against the Ravens. So it's like we beat the Ravens, yeah. who's a great team, but we lose to the Broncos, who's struggling. It's just it was so up and down. So I guess trying to see at least the improved consistency in training camp, even though it is against not full speed. This is the fr- yeah. only one day of pads, so I mean the DBs can't really even initiate much contact but exactly just, i guess just hopefully <clears throat> seeing consistency and, and within his mechanics and stuff has, has he looked any different in that sense as well? like from your eyes do you think i uh, mechanics wise i i got a question about that today and um again i'm i i wasn't really paying attention mechanics wise um i'm sure mechanics they're going to be a little different based off of what i saw when he's not wearing pads compared to like the next few days when he wears pads um, he does have like a weird throwing motion where he like heaves the ball instead of just like bringing it up and throwing it. He like he like puts all his energy into it. It looks and really. It's, it's like a weird. It's a weird. Yeah. It's it, there's a lot of force that goes into it. There's a lot of force and a lot of torque within the elbow that goes into throwing that. And I don't even know if that's like healthy to sustain that for an entire season. Um, but it. I haven't really noticed any like forceful throws like his arm looks stronger but i haven't noticed like there's some plays one play that comes to mind is the demir bird touchdown in houston where he like launches it like full on like i haven't noticed that so i don't know if his arm motion's getting more fluid but he still does have like a a clunky-ish form it almost looks like that in like that demir bird throw it almost looks like that when he's throwing a five-yard Exactly. Yeah, like, it's like he's he putting all same... his effort into a five-yard route and a, a sixty-yard bomb. It's it just looks so weird. It, it, yeah, it just looks uncomfortable how he throws, especially it with does, like yeah. with his shoulder injury and stuff. You'd think that his mechanics he'd he'd want to be focusing in on those yeah. and really making them consistent. But I guess I'm sure it's I'm sure it's tough throwing one way. I'm sure it's tough life. ten years into your career to to try to change it now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what are some of the things that you've been impressed on with Mac Jones? I know a lot of people are praising his work ethic. Um, Brian Hoyer's talking about how he's always texting him early in the morning, 6 a.m., been in the playbook a lot. Josh McDaniel's always in his hip pocket, it seems, you know, developing him because he is the future of the Patriots. So what have you seen that you've liked from Mac Jones so far? Probably the number one thing that I've liked from Mac Jones is probably from an intellectual standpoint. Uh, Headed into the draft, um, you know, I considered like Justin, I'm not a big college guy, so take this with a grain of salt, but I'd consider Justin Fields and Trey Lance to be more like physical type quarterbacks, like running the ball more like 
physically built and gifted that way. And Mac Jones is more like Tom Brady when it comes to you're not physically gifted, but you can process defense as well. You can make the right read. You're, you've got the football IQ. Um, and so that would probably be what I'm most impressed about. On, on a lot of drills, especially today, he made a lot of checkdowns. He made a lot of smart plays, identifying the Mike linebacker, identifying the weak side linebacker, um, doing like the alert alert, pointing to his helmet. Um, you know, those are small things that some people might not notice. I, I noticed it, but that other than like the throws and stuff, like everyone will notice the throws, but some of the the things that probably the coaching staff's going to be most impressed about and that I was impressed about was probably just how he can read a defense well. Um, he can make a right, make a smart play. He, um, if the, the pocket's collapsing, he, he bounces out and, and waits for something to open up. So it hasn't been something physical-wise, like throwing the ball or, or running the ball, but it's been more of analyzing the Patriots' defense so far and trying to make the right read based off of that. One thing that was kind of discussed throughout the draft process and um, scouting different quarterbacks and trying to, trying to see who was best for the Patriots, one thing that was discussed was that Mac was kind of a statue and all this stuff, and then he ran a yeah. pretty pretty decent 40, and, I mean, he, he looks pretty good in the pocket, or at least in college he looked pretty good in the pocket with his, his movement. He, he was decent on some rollouts. How has that athleticism translated during training camp, and, and how has he looked athletic-wise athletic compared to a guy like Tom? Oh, compared to Tom, he looks very athletic. Uh, like Tom was an athletic guy. Like he could he could es- escape some some pressure. He looks very athletic compared to Tom. What he doesn't look athletic is when he takes reps after Cam. Cam is yeah. is a physical force going down the field, has defenders falling over him, and he can just like bully his way into the end zone. Mac cannot do that, so it's more of just pocket presence evading pressure scrambling out there was a play i think it i don't think it was today i think it was monday um where i think linebackers came from the inside and he just rolled out ran for like three yards and slid which is the most alabama thing that someone could do is just that's that's the most stereotypical football move for a pocket passer in in a non-contact practice is to roll out and slide after three yards so, I mean, I've been impressed with, like, how he is physically and, and his athleticism, but it's nothing that's going to to top the charts compared to where it is with Cam Newton. So just a quick side note. Did you see that, did you see that video of him? Um, in a, I don't remember who they were playing, but at Alabama, the video of him running, he ran, like, 5, 10 yards for the first down and did, like, a jump slide. Like, he, like – Dove and slid, slid at the same time, and it just I, yeah that that rings a bell. I'm again, oh I'm not God. a college guy, so I couldn't I couldn't pull random college stuff out of my ass. No. But there, yeah, th- that does ring a bell. I did watch some Mac Jones stuff when we drafted him, and it it was a weird looking slide. Oh my God, it was so funny. I, I saw um yeah. I think Mac did an interview with Mark Sanchez, and um he he Mark also talked to Mac's offensive coordinator, um and he pulled up that video. Oh my God, it was so funny. It just was the most unathletic looking thing. I've ever seen, yeah. and that kind of reminded me of something like somebody Tom, something Tom would do, or or something like that. But I thought that was funny. And I'm athletic white boy at quarterback for us. That's exactly what I want. You know, we had one for twenty. Known, we right? had one for exactly. twenty years, right? <laughs> might as well, might as well yeah. replicate it. So, um, might as well continue to the tradition. Yeah, it worked for us for twenty years, so it's got to do it, it again, worked. right? Ex- exactly. 
So another yeah. thing, you know, there's a lot of new guys coming in this roster um, through for agency, through the draft. Or who are some other guys that have stood out be, um, in training camp so far? I know Nikhil Harry's kind of been a surprise. Maybe Jonu Smith has been more uh, impactful so far than Hunter Henry um, from things I'm hearing. Who are some of the new guys that have stood out to you? Are you talking about, like, free agents that we brought in this yeah, year? Yeah, free agents, whether, yeah, Trent Brown could okay. go in there, a trade, uh, Christian Barmore, who, guys we drafted, just so, people that are new to the team okay, this year. yeah. Someone's out, people that were, weren't, that weren't here last season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Hunter Henry started off pretty slow. He had a, he had a good day today. He caught a few touchdowns. Um, Christian Barmore had his best day. Um, he did get, he did get hurt a little bit. Um, but someone that I've been very impressed with is uh, Raquan McMillan. Um, Dante Hightower is not getting that many reps at middle linebacker. I don't know if that's just because of an age thing or a, uh, like a scheme thing, uh, or if they're just trying to build him back in to the defense at full strength. Um, but Raquan McMillan has subbed in a lot with uh, the starting middle linebacker role and has played, like, fantastic. Other than one, like, jump to offsides on defense, um, he's he has a pick six. Um, he's getting some pressures both inside and outside. Um, I mean, it's not the... The, the number one choice that people would say when, when you ask for the number one free agent that the Patriots brought in. But I'd say he's probably been the most impactful free agent that they brought in so far that's helped them during camp. Yeah, and what about a guy like – go ahead. Oh, I was just, just going to add a comment. Like, people might not think that's impactful, but why wouldn't that be impactful? Because people are going to say, well, you know, we signed Matt Judon, we signed – Hunter Henry signed Johnny Smith. Well, we signed Raquan McMillan for I don't even know how much. It's so it's so minuscule. If we can replace exactly. Dante Hightower with that contract, that money is going to be allocated mm-hmm. somewhere else in the offseason. I think that, yeah. like you just mentioned, like that's a huge. We we knew um, all these guys that we brought in on big contracts were going to do good. Like we expected them to do good. When yeah. you hear of these guys like Raquan McMillan, maybe a. Godchu, one of these guys that are coming in for a little less money doing good. That's the Patriot way where Belichick finds these guys for cheap and he makes some starters and he makes some great players in the system. Exactly. Yeah. That's like people were worried that we overpaid for possibly like this Hunter Henry after we had, after we had just signed Janu or we overpaid for, uh, for Aguilar based off of just the market value of receivers. Um, but yeah, that's what he's been doing for a while now is signing these mid-level guys um, that last out free agency until like mid-May. Um, you bring them in on like cheap one-year deals uh, as like camp body, prove it. And he's definitely proven it. He's definitely, I think, unless barring injury for him, I'd say I'd definitely give him a role on the team. I have my roster prediction from a few weeks ago. I had him cut before camp. Right now, I would a hundred percent move him to making the roster right now. Yeah. How about a guy like Christian Wilkerson? What what have you seen from him? And he's probably another guy that is kind of a, a fringe roster guy. Probably wasn't going to make the cut, but seems to be yeah. really really showing up and and fighting for his job this season. A guy who was on our practice squad a lot last year, uh, participated in some of the LA off season um, practices with yeah, some of the new Pats guys. West. Yeah, Pat's Pats West. Yeah, that was what I was looking for. So, so me and my friend are make me and my friends make jokes that we call him a Devonte Adams Jr. because he looks exactly like him. Yeah. Uh, number seventeen yeah. dreads. Um, he has probably been 
the first or second best receiver in camp so far. He's gotten, he's been working with um, with Justin Beth Bethel and Matthew Slater in special teams. Um, in the majority of the offensive install segment at the beginning of each practice, he is working with the starters, with Cam, with Mac. Uh, he's like getting more reps than Kendrick Bourne at some things. Um, I don't know if that's going to translate into a roster spot. It all depends on how many receivers they want to keep on the team. Um, I think it's ultimately it's it's like a Devin Ross situation from last year. Like he was a fan favorite going into going into the season, right? You had a great camp, but it's ultimately going to come down to the preseason games and if you can contribute there. If you can contribute on special teams, it's probably going to be more impactful than someone that can't. Um, again, I think it's just going to come down to the games. Um, and like we said with Cam, it's it's great when you're running against defenders that can't use their hands, but when you're going against game speed defenders, that's that's your that's where you're going to either make it or break it. And a guy like Isaiah Zuber, who is another guy kind of in that same boat as as Wilkerson. Yep. Um, if Christian can have more of a role on special teams, and he like he I, he said before, he wants to play on all four different roles in special teams. He mm -hmm. wants to really be involved in that sense. So if he can yeah. learn from some of those guys, Slater, Bethel, and really carve out a nice role on special teams, that's only going to boost his chances of making the roster as a receiver as well. That's 100% going to be something that, that Bill definitely wants. Whereas, um, like, again, let's say Nikhil Harry starts off the preseason games fairly slow and Christian Wilkerson gets off to a hot start, scoring like two, three touchdowns. If you want to give your final roster spot to someone, I wouldn't be surprised if Bill chose Christian Wilkerson over Nikhil Harry just for the fact that of special teams, right? If you can get the same receiver production from two separate players, but one can block punts better than the other one, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick's going to want, want the one that can block punts and contribute in more ways than one. Another guy I was going to bring up that um, I was listening to that, or that I was hearing about today um, when I was driving home uh, on Patriots Unfiltered was Henry Anderson. And I know he didn't practice today first day in pads due to an injury, but I heard that he's really been, um, you know, exciting. And some of the guys on Patriots Unfiltered thought that he could be work his way into the starting role. And I think that's exciting because the front seven last year was horrendous. You know, we got the ball yeah. pounded down our throat against San Francisco. Um, and, you know, multiple other games. And so Miami. to hear, yeah, to hear a guy like that, that, you know, is coming over from the Jets on a two-year, $11 million deal that could con hopefully contribute along, you know. And I think that's a big thing, too, is that we don't have to throw Christian Barmore right into, the ro right into you know, 40 snaps, 50 snaps a game. We can rotate him with other guys on the defensive line, whether it's Henry Anderson, Godchu, Lawrence Guy, you know, yep. we have that four-man rotation. So uh, Henry Anderson's a guy that I've been hearing great things out of. And something that I noticed, again, I've been to so many practices this summer, I, I'm, all of them are <laughs> blending together, but I think it was yesterday. They started off one of their defensive things with a 2-5 uh, a front. Um, and I think just with, like, the amount of outside linebackers slash DNs that you have, like, you got Uche that can play on the edge, you got Judon, Kyle Van Noy, I think – the defensive the defensive front is going to look so much different than it did last year. You're not going to rely on those those three point stance D linemen all the time and just have them wear getting worn out the entire drive and just getting them run down their throat. I think you're going to mix and match. I think you're going to have like a lot of just like one or two linemen schemes and have a lot more 
versatility on the edge. You can still have guys that can rush the passer, but also drop back into coverage more on on third and longs. Um, like you said, Henry Anderson has looked good. Some other D linemen that have looked good. Christian Barmore, uh, Ronnie Perkins had his best day today. Um, Carl Davis and um, and Nick Thurman have also looked good. Um, then again, those are some bubble guys. Not going to blow your socks off, but again, it shows the improvement that the defense, the defensive line has made since last season. Also, Chase Winovich isn't even back yet. You know what I mean? He's so not just, even back yet. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just another piece that they're going to have at outside linebacker, a guy who can come in and rush the passer, be explosive on third down. So that's what I'm just extremely excited this year to see yeah. all the depth they have at that outside linebacker edge position and even defensive line and just seeing how they mix and match those pieces in different uh, situations throughout the game. Yeah. Another, you know, position group that a lot of Patriots fans are worried about is the wide receiver position. Nikhil Harry requested a trade. He's been at camp hearing, you know, mixed emotions, but mostly good things coming out of him. And a lot of people are going to have their concerns, obviously, like we talked about with Cam, is can he do it in a game situation? Um, I think that he's had a good attitude re- even after requesting a trade. Um, coming in and, you know, proving, you know, he might have a chip on his shoulder. He might want to improve his trade value if he does want out of New England, or he might be here to prove people wrong. So Nikhil Harry is another guy that um, I'm hearing good things out of, but I think the highlight of the receiver group's got to be Nelson Aguilar, right? Yeah, Nelson, um, I'd probably say is the best receiver, followed by by Wilkerson. And um, I'd say Nikhil and Jacoby Myers are tied for three. Um, Nikhil has looked fantastic. And this is probably the third year in a row that I've said that <laughs> coming coming out of training camp. Um, and we all know how, how that, that has turned out in his first two years. Um, he had some, some great catches today. Um, like what we drafted him to. He was physical. Um, he got up for the ball. He was aggressive. He was like agile in the air. He was jumping up and making these ridiculous toe tap, tap, tap catches. Um, but yeah, Nelson Aguilar has probably been the standout guy. Um, he he's he's dropped one ball, I think, that comes to mind. I, I don't really think he's gonna be dropping all the balls like he was in in Philadelphia. Um, but he certainly has one of those those mid level to deep receiving threats um, that can really help just open up the offense if you have like a, a nice ground game. Um, and then you have Aguilar over the top. You get Myers under the middle. Um, but yeah, he's gotten a, he's gotten a bunch of catches. He's definitely the fastest out of all the receivers in the wide receiver drills. Um, and some people said we overpaid for him compared to some of the other receivers that were going somewhere. That may have been true when it comes to money. But at the end of the day, he's he's doing good. So you can't you can't complain with the production point if we're if we're paying him whatever we're paying him especially if you have a specific role in mind that we need this guy who's got the speed separation ability, something that we really lacked last season. Um, Exactly. And, and one thing that I noticed in Vegas is that he was very good at separating both the linebackers and the safeties uh, to open up the middle of the field for, um, for Darren Waller. And I think that signing had a lot to do with the two signings of Smith and Henry. Uh, This game, this Patriots offense is going to be dictated by the running game and using the tight ends in the middle of the field. I think Aguilar split out wide can really set apart a defense that can open it up for, for Janu and Hunter Henry. Um, so, again, I don't think his stats are going to be out of this world, 
but I think he will definitely help open up the offense and take the top off of the defense. Yeah, just a much, much upgraded version of uh, Demir Bird. I mean, obviously, exactly. obviously speed-wise, that's that's similarity they have, but Aguilar is better with route running and, and separation and stuff like that. But having a guy who yep. can take the top off a of defense and, and have safeties really have to account for him, um, that helps the tight ends, especially Hunter Henry and John o. Smith, both both good at in different ways. Um, so how much of what Aguilar has done so far you think is actually him being good and how much of it do you think is just noticing his talent compared to the struggles that wide receiver we've had in the past few seasons? That's a good question. Um, you know, it, it's certainly like a breath of fresh air watching, like, I wouldn't say he's like an elite top 10 receiver, but compared to the receivers we've had in the last two years, it certainly looks like we're watching an elite top 10 receiver. Um, so yeah, he's contributing well. I'm, I don't know if he's gonna be this crazy All Pro receiver this year, but in comparison to the last two seasons, he's basically gonna be an All Pro receiver for us. So all you need is just, just all you need is for Cam to stay healthy. Just give him the weapons. Now, if if Cam if Cam can't play with these amount of weapons, I don't I don't know where that's gonna lead to for his career, but. I, I'd say Aguilar has definitely been uh, uh, an improvement over the receivers for the past few seasons, but it's not like it's just he's playing mediocre and I'm comparing that to the last few seasons. He's still playing at a, at a high level. And he uh, also mixed up Byron Jones and, and the Dolphins, which is also a plus. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And that's the, the most important thing is just getting getting rid of the Dolphins and beating winning them winning week one and because I cannot stand the Dolphins so yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember the last time I went into a training camp with this much excitement of a deep threat um I'm sure there were guys that yeah. I knew about in New England but I can't think of probably the last Brandon Cooks maybe yeah that Brandon, Brandon Cooks was probably the most recent and yeah. that was what 17 uh, yeah probably it was it would have been 17, 17 right yeah, so, yeah. Like so four years ago and four years ago I I think Brandon Cooks did good things for us, but I don't think he was what we thought he was going to be. Um, and yeah. so I, I'm Especially really after one season we traded him away. Yeah, he yeah. he got knocked out in the Super Bowl, literally <laughs> knocked out. But I know literally we've talked about out. I know yeah. we've talked about this one before. But no, I can't remember thinking of you know that deep threat. We've always had Julian Edelman. We've always had you know Nikhil Harry guys that can go up and catch the ball. But I don't remember a legitimate dude, you know, that's been super super effective outside of Randy Moss in this New England system that can just blow the top off of a defense at any time. And that's what you saw with yep. Nelson Aguilar last year. Is he was just running past dudes, and Derek Carr was saying, you go get it. I might throw it 10 yards past you, but you're going to go get it. And when you're a safety yeah. sitting back there and you know that this guy can run past me, and you talk about opening up the middle of the field, he's going to get deeper, quicker in his drops, and it's just going to open up that much more field space. So I totally agree with that, that you know that could have been a signing, not so much of, we're going to use him a ton is that he's going to our tight ends are going to benefit off of his speed. And although I think that we're going to use Nelson Aguilar in the deep game, um, it, it's going to be for multiple things. You know, we know how much um, yeah. Josh McDaniels loves to get the running backs open on routes, the tight ends, you know, whether Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers in the slot running option routes, deep overs, it, he, he's going to create a lot of things. Yeah. Another thing, um, kind of on the front of 
just a little bit of change of topic on the front of Stefan Gilmore. How, how, I mean, I know we've seen him back a little bit and he reported to camp and he's rehabbing from that injury, but do you have, what's your level of concern with Gilmore? Do you, do you think there's any real chance that he's, he's not starting week one? My level of concern is probably zero right now. And I will tell you why is I think Bill Belichick likes to play a lot of smoke screens with the media uh, and what he likes to share and what he doesn't like to share. I'd say there are currently discussions going on with a contract extension, changing of whatever he's getting paid. I'm sure that's behind the scenes. And I'm sure the only reason he's on PUP is because of those contract negotiations. Whereas if the media says, hey, Bill, why isn't Stephon Gilmore practicing? He, he won't say, oh, he's holding out. He, he's, not, he's not showing up because he's not getting paid. He's not showing up because he is rehabbing from his injury. And I think that is a perfect get-out-of-jail-free card um, for Bill to not even acknowledge it. And they're like, okay, he's, he's, he's just rehabbing from his injury last season. Um, and so no one needs to make a big deal out of it. Um, I, think, I think once they figure out the, the negotiations on his contract, I think that's when they're going to take him off a of PUP at a perfect timing. And everyone's going to be like, oh, look at that. Um, but my concern is, is zero. I'd say if we, if he was still like this heading into week one, or if he was still on PUP, then I'd get concerned if he was still hurt or if these contract negotiations are going south. But I'd say as of right now, I'm not worried. I just think the PUP was just a, a thing. So he wouldn't get fined by the CBA and they can just work out the negotiations as he tries to heal from last season. I think it was funny too, uh, hearing Devin McCourty, I think today say, I just can't wait for my guy Stephon Gilmore to be back and healthy, so he can he can be out here in camp with us. I thought yeah. that was thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. We we have a lot of guys. You know, Calvin always been in a red shirt a lot of the times, and he's um, come back from injuries. We have a um, couple other guys that are you know being cautious, and I think that it's safe to say you mentioned where Dante Hightower isn't playing. Those guys don't need too many reps in training camp. Yeah, you gotta. You know, especially with Hightower not playing last year, you got to get some of the uh, rust off of him. But they, we don't need to go out there and play him every play we, and bang him up and have him, you know, hurt by week five or six and where we can't use him. So Gilmore, Hightower, some of those veteran guys are dudes that um, I'm not too worried about that aren't practicing. And I think it's great that Raquan McMillan's getting a chance and he's proven to us what he can do, that some of these other cornerbacks are proving what they can do. You know, we'll really find out if J.C. Jackson deserves cornerback one money next year, or, you know, if we're going to yeah. let him walk. So it just opens up other competitions around the depth chart in those position groups specifically that I think is only going to make the team better in the long run. Yeah. So what's your, what's your thought on that cornerback position? Like J.C. Jackson, a lot of people have kind of discussed whether he is a cornerback one, and, and we kind of got to see that a little bit highlighted last season where – he, he guarded Stephon Diggs. He's kind of struggled a little bit against the Jets, but how much do you think this team will miss Gil, a guy like Gilmore if he, for some reason, doesn't play this season or or if he's gone next season and JC is that cornerback number one? I mean, Stephon Gilmore, in my opinion, is a top like two cornerback in the league. JC Jackson's probably top ten. Um, so obviously he's not going to be as good as Stephon Gilmore. Um, so the people that like act like when Stephon Gilmore's out and J.C. Jackson replaces him and they expect the same level of production that they're getting from Stephon Gilmore are it's just insane. Like, yeah. it's unrealistic that you're going to get that. Um, 
I mean, I do think he's more of a ball hawking type corner. That's why he gets all his interceptions. That's why he does get flagged a lot too. Um, he does need to work on a lot of like man press coverage. Um, I mean, sure. It, depending on this year, I think he's a good wider, uh, a, a good cornerback too. He could definitely be a good cornerback one, but I don't think he'll ever be that cornerback one if we have Stephon Gilmore on this team. And that's a good problem yeah, to have. No. I mean, J- exactly, like you mentioned, yeah. J.C. Jackson could easily be a cornerback one for, you know, 85 if not more percent of the teams um, in the league. And, you know, maybe that's a little high, but that's a great problem to have is we have one of the top three corners in the league and our other guy – you know, led the league in interceptions last year. It, it's a great problem to have, and I hope, quite frank, frankly, we never find out if Ste- if uh, J.C. Jackson can be cornerback one because I'd love to keep both of them. I'd love to have, you know, Gilmore on one side and J.C. Jackson on the other side locking, you know, their top two receivers down and doing whatever we do with the other guys. So I think it's a great problem yep. to have and people that want to just get rid of Gilmore because, you know, his contract situation, he's holding out. I think that's stupid. Like, he, this guy's got to get – he's got to get paid – we don't want to see him go anywhere else if we're Patriots fans. Yeah. And he, he deserves the money. I mean, he's, yeah. he's getting severely underpaid. It's, what, $7 million on, on the books yeah. for this year. That's that's ridiculous for a guy of his caliber. But are you, are you concerned at all about kind of the cornerback depth in general? So, I mean, we got two great outside corners with Gilmore and J.C. and then one of the best slot corners in the league, Jonathan Jones. But but after that, I mean, if anybody gets hurt or Gilmore holds out or we, we lose somebody next year, it's it's Miles Bryant. It's, it's, it's guys like that. So are you concerned yeah. at all with that with that depth that we have? I mean, it's certainly, like, we have, like, a lot of depth when it comes to the safety position, too. Um, and you have guys that are versatile. You can have, uh, you got Duggar and Phillips that can play inside inside the box. You had uh, Miles Bryant, D'Angelo Ross, who in camp has played both corner and safety. Uh, Jalen Mills right now is the starting corner uh, across from J.C. Jackson. So depending on if, if something is worrying about Stephon Gilmore, I think Jalen Mills would slide into that that starting cornerback role. Um, I mean, sure, whenever you lose one of your best players, of course there's going to be concerns with the depth. Um, I, I'm just – I would I would say that the, the Patriots are well-suited in the secondary to if someone was to go down. It, I don't think it would be that much of a concern. Um, you know, they have, they have a good enough secondary to if one player goes down, say even two players go down. It's not going to be at a higher level that – we thought it was going to be entering the season, but it's not going to be as bad as some of the other teams in the league. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And and we're kind of more well-suited in the secondary, I think, at that safety position. We got a guy and another guy, Adrian Phillips, who seemed to be yep. performing really well. Um, he did great last season, and apparently he's been, from all the reports I've seen, he's been locking up the tight ends, our two tight ends in, in yep. camp, which is exciting in one sense, but also a little bit disappointing when you look at the two guys we signed are getting locked up by by Phillips, but yeah. but uh, yeah. So I think we have we have great depth in the secondary in general, but um, I think just at that cornerback position is is the only thing I'm I'm a little bit concerned about if if we end up mm-hmm. losing a guy or, or somebody gets hurt because a guy like Jalen Mills kind of struggled a little bit with Philadelphia when he did play cornerback, so he's yeah. kind of more more suited for that safety role. But yeah, how how have uh, some of the second year guys looked? Who, who's impressed you the most out of guys like Duggar, Uche, and uh, that group? So, uh, off the, I mean, off the top of my head, my first second-year guy that's impressed me is Christian Wilkerson, but we've already hit on that. But um, out of the guys that we drafted last year, um, I'd probably say Duggar. Uh, he was my, I think, defensive practice player of the day a few days ago. He 
He had a bunch of uh, pass breakups. He, he, he did look iffy in coverage when it came to covering receivers. But then again, he's more of a bigger guy. He's more of stopping the run, going up for the ball. I, I wouldn't expect him to handle trying to run next to Nelson Aguilar on a, on a deep post. Um, but I'd say Kyle Duggar, who already said last year was under average for him. So if last year was under average, I don't even know what this year is going to be. Um, Michael Nwenu said yeah, that. I was just going to say that. Yeah, he, he <laughs> graded his rookie season a C. Yeah. Wow. Um, which means if that was a C, he might I, – I don't want to be too early on this, but Michael Nwenu might just be the greatest offensive lineman in NFL history. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. That was a C. Be, if that was – if last year was a C where he was like possibly an all-pro as a rookie – he might just be the greatest offensive lineman of all time. I, I'm just putting that out there. He might just be the greatest offensive lineman in the history of the sport. Yeah, which it, that, that's what I was going to say as well. Like, that's, I mean, he's just, that's just got to be an extremely tough grade on himself because, yeah. I mean, if there's no possible way that that was a C season from him because he literally, that would mean he's the best offensive lineman in the game right now, no question. Like, if, exactly. if that was actually a C season. So, yeah. If that, that was, was a C season, he might, he might just be the greatest football player of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 could, I, think, I think he might just be better than Brady. Oh, I yeah, could totally absolutely. see Bill Belichick <laughs> sitting Owenu down at the end of the year and be like, Hey, you know, that was a great year. I'm going to grade you a C because I think all of our rookies yeah. can get better. He, he could be getting that from Bill, knowing, knowing what Bill would say, you know. He, right, like he personally thinks it's like an A, but Bill sits him down. He's like, bro, that was a C. Your, your season was terrible. You could always it get better. Terrible. Come on, dude. <laughs> Maybe yeah. even a D. Yeah. No, You're if, lucky. That that's a, like that's a, a generous, generous grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A C so. is a generous grade. <laughs> yeah, that could be yeah, a Bill that, Belichick that a... grade right there. Yeah. So. If, if that was a C, then he's the best six-round pick from Michigan we've ever had. So yeah, exactly. That's what I got to say about that. Oh, um, we'll kind of we'll kind of <laughs> we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap it up here a little bit with um, kind of your predictions on on Mac Jones in general. I, I'm sure this is kind of what everybody wants to know, and and the big question. A lot of people say quarterback competition. Who's going to start week one? But it, it kind of seems like that even early on. I know it's still early, but it kind of seems like that's even wrapped up already to where Cam's probably going to be the guy week one as long as he stays yep. healthy. But when do you see Max starting his first game? If you had to predict it now, and then I know we kind of talked about already that you'd like to see him sit out the whole year, but but when do you yeah. see him starting his first game? Not including preseason. I mean, not including preseason. <laughs> I'd say, um, in in a perfect world, in when it comes to my opinion, I'd want Mac to, unless Cam wins the Super Bowl this year, I want Mac to start Week One of next season. Uh, throw him throw him into the water. Like do what they do with um with Patrick Mahomes, right? You have him sit a year, throw him in the fire. Whether whether he's good, whether Mac Jones is terrible next year, he's your guy. Roll with him for however long. He's he's your quarterback for. I unless Cam gets hurt, I don't or like he he plays like atrocious, like like borderline. I want to turn my TV off. Bad. Then I think that's when they'll start going to Mac. Um, I don't think the er I think the earliest he goes in is probably week five, week six. I don't think he's going to get his first career start against the Buccaneers because that would be absolute mind boggling. That would be pretty. Um, that would be pretty. And cool, I think though. it it would be pretty cool. Um, but I do think that like the the schedule gets weaker after see uh, after week four we have we have Houston, Dallas. Jets, Chargers, Panthers. That is a favorable too. schedule 
although I'd love to see Cam go against the Panthers, but if Cam was to do terrible in the first four weeks, that would be a very favorable schedule for a rookie to make his debut. Unless, like, you want to, like, unless you've already wrapped up a division, whatever, or you, you've already been out of playoff contention, then he maybe starts week 17 and 18 against Jaguars and, and the Dolphins in, you know, eh, games. Um, but, I mean, if it was up to me, I don't want Mac to to start, unless, unless it's like an, you've already wrapped up postseason whatever or if or if cam gets hurt but i don't i personally don't want to see mac this year and that's nothing against mac i just think it would be possibly better for his development if you just let him learn behind behind cam learn behind brian hoyer for a year um and just give him that year to to get adjusted to the nfl atmosphere instead of throwing him into the fire just because you don't like how cam newton performed last year and it's kind of a mixed bag when you, when you go to starting a rookie quarterback you got a guy like tua who didn't start till halfway through the season, but even that seemed to be too early. I mean, he had, mm-hmm. he had his struggles. He had his games where he did well, but he was kind of up and down and into the point where one game, what, against the Raiders, I think, they had to take him out and put Ryan Fitzpatrick into the fourth quarter. So that's got to kind of hurt a confidence of a rookie, and especially somebody being so young with not a lot of experience. Um, I'd prefer Mac to not kind of go through that same scenario, but also you got a guy like Justin Herbert who was thrown into the fire, and, I mean, he did phenomenal. He, he performed exactly. really, really great. So it's tough to see, but... I think one thing with Mac especially is I think a lot of his success occurred at Alabama because he was there for a full three, four years before he started. So, I mean, he really got to understand the system, the different wide receivers, what he was supposed to do on each play. So I I agree with you there that him sitting the whole year or him sitting at least a good chunk of it as long as Cam plays well is going to be best for his development in the future and and not throwing him in the fire too early where it hurts his confidence for the rest of his career. Yeah. For me, if it's if we hit our bye week week fourteen with a losing record, I mean I don't care if it's six and seven because it's on week fourteen. Just start Mac the last four games, let him get the kinks out. You know he'll play in the Colts, which has a pretty good defense. Buffalo, Jacksonville, and Miami. Like if we have a losing record by then, we probably won't be making the playoffs in the stacked AFC. I would say just get Mac going, get him some you know, experience. Indianapolis could be playing for a wild card spot. That might be a game that he would have struggles in, but I think it would be good struggles. And so I'm not a, I'm not afraid to see Mac Jones struggle if it's towards the end of the year and we're already out of the playoffs um, because he is our future. And I'd rather have him struggle now when we know we can't make the playoffs than weeks one through five in 2022 when, you know, he could eliminate us right from the playoffs the first five weeks. Yeah. So if, yeah, we have a losing, if we have a losing record by the bye week, I say put him in. Yeah, that it's like you you want to see him, but you don't want to see him. Like if he comes in and just absolutely shits the bed, then we're that we're we're screwed for the entire year. I think you might as well just ride it with Cam, right? Just all the arguments last year was Cam didn't have any weapons. Cam had COVID. Well, now Cam doesn't have COVID, and now Cam has weapons. So now let's see what Cam can do, right? We, we just re-signed Cam. If they didn't think Cam would be somewhat better than last year, they wouldn't have brought him back. So they brought him back. Sure, I'd like to see Mac Jones play terrific in his NFL debut, but depending on where we are as a team come, like, week 14, I think it's best to, you know, even if we're, like, 6-7, and seven, like what we were last year, like, 
everyone was clamoring Bill to uh, to start Stidham, and he still didn't because he felt like Cam was the best chance to win. So you know, it's Bill's gonna do whatever whatever the hell he wants, and none of us have any idea what it is because he's a grumpy old man that won't talk <laughs> to anybody. Um, but I think if he believes that Mac Jones is gonna give them the best chance to win, then he'll start. But me personally, I don't think he's gonna give us the best chance to to win. I don't think Cam Newton's gonna give us the best chance to win a Super Bowl this year anyway. But I think Cam Newton gives us a better chance to win more football games this year than Mac Jones does. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I think Bill probably, in a sense, is also thinking about Mac's development. I mean, he just took mm-hmm. a first round quarterback. He doesn't want him to flop. He wants to. If he needs to, if we lose four more games this year to have more success the next ten years with Mac, then that it is what it is. So I think, it. yeah. So I think any of us would take that. Um, I guess I just kind of want to get your thoughts on the the pass in general for this upcoming season. And I've seen so much hate on the Patriots and the different decisions they made in the offseason. Oh, they overpaid for Aguilar. They overpaid for Judon. They overpaid for this guy. They didn't need both tight ends. But when I look at it, I see a great offensive line, one of the best in the Mm -hmm. league. I see a great running game, especially with a guy like Cam Newton if he starts, a quarterback who's going to be a great piece in the run game, in the red zone, uh, fourth and short, third and short, whatever. Solid wide receivers, a guy who can take the top of a defense. Jacob Myers, good in the slot, great route running. Two tight ends, one's good after the catch, one's good at against zone cart. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot. I think all the pieces that we added fit certain roles, and it wasn't just money thrown away. You know what I mean? It's, it's mm-hmm. all went to certain positions of need, and they all have different roles that fit the scheme. Same with the defensive side of the ball, the defensive linemen. Our run, our ability to rush the passer and stop the run last year was atrocious. So adding guys to do that, keeping our secondary intact. But I guess kind of, what do you think? What, what are your record predictions, if if you have any, this for this upcoming season? And and what do you think about kind of the level of disrespect that people are predicting we're going to go seven and ten or, or six and all? Yeah. Like, what, what so do you think about that? Personally, for me, I hate doing record predictions before the season starts because you have no idea who's going to get hurt. You have no idea whatever because uh, you're basing this all off of the names on the paper without even seeing them play in a game situation. So I'd say right now, I'd say we'd be in like the, the 9 to 10 to 11 win range, uh, which would make us, what, 11 and 6 after the new the, – the schedules are really screwing with my heads now that yeah. the new 9 and 8, it just looks weird. Um, but to hit on your point of the, the money being spent, I sure people might say like you were throwing money away. You could have gotten better deals somewhere else, but all the, the big money contracts that we spent for people were at the positions that we struggled at the worst last year, right? We defensive line was bad. We got God We got Anderson. We got Christian Barmore in the draft, uh, tight ends. We got, uh, we got John and Hunter Henry quarterback. We resigned cam, um, the, the wide receivers. We got Kendrick Bourne, Aguilar. Um, and then we also drafted Mac. Like you're, you brought in guys at positions of need. Um, so I mean, sure, some people might be like, "Oh, you spent way too much money for a Nelson Aguilar when you could have gotten two other mid-level receivers at at a cheaper deal." But you went out and got guys that you felt like could contribute at positions that you felt like didn't contribute last season. I'd I'd say we're at like the nine to eleven win range. I think we're gonna win a. a a, a game or two that we shouldn't win and we're going to probably lose a game that we should probably win um 
no, I don't think this team's going to win 15 games, but I also don't think this team's going to only win, like, six. I think it's it's going to be a winning season for us. I don't know if it's going to get us into the playoffs. It's definitely going to be a wild card thing. I still think Buffalo's going to win the division this year. Um, but I think it's going to be, like, a 9-8, a and 10-7 and seven in, in the mix for a wild card with, say, Cleveland, Baltimore, Indianapolis – around that it's going to come down to late in the season um but i'd say the patriots aren't as bad as the the mainstream media is pointing them out to, is as painting them out to be and it was a lot of money spent in the offseason but at least you can envision a role for each of these guys even if it was a little bit of an overpay they each have their own role and so far it doesn't look like any of the puzzle pieces don't fit it looks like they all have their specific spot their niche what they're going to do well for this team and how they're going to lead this team to success Right, people may be freaking out that we spent way too much money for Nelson Aguilar and Matt Judon, but they would have been freaking out even more if we just didn't spend all the money we had in cap space and you went and got like smaller level guys and saved like $40 million in cap space. It's better, and I think it, it fired the team up, and it probably was uh, probably like fired the, the players up too that on the first day of free agency, you spend like $60 million to go get like five different players and it just doesn't stop and everyone's losing their mind. And that probably fired this team up that they're like, they're willing to go out and get us weapons and make us better for next season. Yeah. Dollar dollar bill earned his nickname. First day <laughs> yeah. of free agency this year. First day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, that's, it's gotta be just exciting for the team in general. Um, acquiring yep. all those different people. And especially after the season last year, I think that just brings excitement into the locker room and, for this this new upcoming season and all the different pieces that we'll have, but I think that about wraps it up. You got anything else, Chase? No, I I I agree. I mean, we'll get in more into roster updates and uh, projections when we get closer to the season. But I totally agree with what you said. You know, people disrespecting the Patriots putting six wins on them. I think our over under is nine and a half, or it might be nine. I think that that's about right. But if I had to bet an over, I totally would. I think ten, eleven wins is mm-hmm. possible. Twelve wins might be the ceiling. Um, but I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for the week one of training camp, ever, all the reports. Hopefully we get guys healthy, healthy. Hopefully guys just continue to get better, but I'm excited. So, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, this was fun. We'll definitely have to do it again. Uh, huge thank you to, to you for coming on, but, uh, yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in again to another episode, Patriots drive podcast. We will, um, be back with another episode later in the week or early next week probably but yeah huge shout out again to ethan for for hopping on and and we'll have to do this again soon will do yeah for sure we'll see you guys later thanks for listening to this edition of the patriots drive podcast Follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things New England Patriots. Make sure you tune in to the next episode and check out PatriotsDrive.com for more great content. You're on to Cincinnati.